Praise the Lord and good day to you. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Welcome to our Hebrews Bible study. I'm here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. And uh, we just had a phenomenal service yesterday, worship service in the presence of the Lord and those who gathered together in His name. And we, we're just so blessed to, to be coming upon our 16th year uh, preaching the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about uh, exclusively to see lost people saved, which that's what we need to be seeing. But I'm talking about God's people also. See, that's what worship services are for. The lost people do uh, uh, every once in a while trinkle in to a worship service uh, and there are a lot of people probably who gather who never have yet been saved in a worship service. I understand that. But the, really the worship service as God's people gather is for that. It's for worship and praise and to be equipped with the word of the Lord for the work of the ministry. And that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we just here at Crossway Church have wonderful church services. And I encourage you to tune in and be a part of those. You can do that on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page and also the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. And if you have a Roku, you can find the channel sermon.net and look for Crossway Church or type my name in. You'll find us there too. Lots of avenues, but we invite you to be a part of what God is doing in these last days as He draws His people back to the place where they can have oil in their lamps. That's faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Again, this is the uh, 14th day of June, 2021. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and uh, we are in our Hebrews Bible study. Today we're in chapter 5. This is part 5, and uh, we're going to begin here in verse 8. And I just believe as you have gathered together with us to hear this session, this teaching of God's Word, that He's going to impart something to our hearts today. Those that diligently seek God will be rewarded by God. Those who seek God with their whole heart, they will find Him, He promised. And those who hunger and thirst after His righteousness shall be filled and all God's words are in righteousness. I can't hunger and thirst after God's righteousness unless I understand that that righteousness of His only flows through what His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, did at Calvary and then Him beginning to teach me all the words written in His Word for us because every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. Write that down. That'll be a paramount scripture as we go forward in our Bible study until the rapture comes. Hallelujah. Proverbs 8 and 8. If this is just flying over your head, then you need to cry out to God for understanding. And I want to try to do what I can to help you today. I can't give you the understanding. I can't impart it to you. I can't talk you into it. But if your heart will hunger after truth, then the Lord will show you what you need to see. But Proverbs 8 and 8 says, All of God's words, all the words of His mouth are in righteousness. So if we're going to have to, if we're going to hunger and thirst after God's righteousness, then we're going to have to treasure His word. Because there's where we're going to find the meaning of His word, the truths of His word, the Holy Spirit applying His word. Because when the Holy Spirit is applying the truth of God's Word to our hearts, the fruit of righteousness is there to be seen. 
We need to understand that. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Proverbs 12 and 17. And that righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. From faith to faith. Romans 1, 16 and 17. So as we study the word of God, God has brought us to a place and he's revealed to us, not because we're more special than anyone, but because he's promised if we seek him, his knowledge, his wisdom, his understanding, if we cry out to him for, for, for these things, as if we're searching for silver and gold, hidden treasure, then we will understand he promised the fear of the Lord, the value of God's worth. And we will see that worth when we look to Calvary and he will then begin to teach us the truth of God's word, the truth of his word, the truth of who he is, and the fruit of his righteousness will be seen. Hallelujah. Verse 8, Hebrews chapter 5, Though he, Jesus, were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And that word suffered doesn't just refer to the things he had to suffer, but the things he had to allow all through his life. He had to allow all things. He, he did. He had to suffer many, many times even before the cross, suffer uh, ridicule, suffer uh, just uh, negativity, suffer the, 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 the blasphemies against him and the religious leaders accusing him of being false and a liar and the son of a harlot and sometimes even to his face. And, but Jesus remained obedient. But the scripture here does not mean that Jesus was <coughs> ever before disobedient. Jesus was never disobedient. He was always obedient. But the process of him learning obedience was as a human, as a man that he was. Although he was fully God, he had to become fully man to be led by the Spirit of God and to live a life by grace through faith. By grace is what God does in and through, to and for and by men. What God, grace is not floating around somewhere just holding us till we get to heaven. Grace is the move of God in the heart of man. Grace, the Bible says we're saved by grace. Well, God saved us in what he did in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on the cross. Titus chapter 2 says that we're taught by grace. That's the spirit of grace, the spirit of truth. He's the only one that can teach us. And Paul says that he labors by the grace of God. That means he labors by the spirit of grace. Grace. This is something the church, for the, for the biggest and most part, knows nothing about grace. They have all these fine definitions and, 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 uh, and, and phrases for grace of which most are correct. Grace is God's goodness toward undeserving men. True, it is God's favor among undeserving men. But God's grace, let's just get it here, write it down, never forget it. God's grace is what God does. And God only does what he does when he finds faith. God's got to find a heart of faith before he can do what he does. That's why our lives as Christians are lived by grace, by what God does in us and through us. Jesus said you can't do nothing without me, nothing. 
Our lives are lived by grace through faith. Just like Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Hebrews 2 and 9 and Galatians 2 and 20 tells us that we live now in this flesh body by the faith of the Son of God. It doesn't say faith in the Son of God. It says by the faith of the Son of God. And we know that's the correct rendering because it tells there in Galatians 2 20 what he did by faith. Think about it. We live this life we live now in the flesh, the apostle Paul said, by the Spirit of God, he said, this life I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who, then it explains what that faith in him did, who loved me and gave himself for me. So Jesus lived his life by grace, what God was doing, in him and through him as a man led by the Spirit, Jesus said, I don't do one thing unless I see my Father doing it. I don't utter one word unless I hear my Father speaking. We need to understand that. Grace is what God does. Jesus had to live a life with God as a man God leading him by his spirit, giving him every word to speak, committing every, carrying out every work because he was here to represent the Father and to represent us at the cross to the Father as being put away uh, the old man and our sins, guilt, shame, and everything that went with that fallen creation to be raised up a new creation in him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! Oh my goodness, Jesus lived by grace, by what God was saying to him, doing in him, doing through him, through faith. Never forget that. And Peter writes in 1 Peter 1.5 that we are kept by the power of God. That's the grace of God. Through faith unto salvation. The fruit of our being kept by God is seen by all that knows us. It's the fruit of our salvation. Is your life, my friend, representative? The, is the fruit there for, your, for, for, for the salvation of, of Jesus Christ that you found when you were born again? Is the fruit of that salvation there for others to see? Are we making excuses as to why we don't have to do that and I don't have to do that and we don't have to do that? Instead of humbling ourselves and allowing God to work in us and through us both to will and to do of his good pleasure because he's going to have to find faith before he can function. That's what Paul told the Galatians. You, you know, you, 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 you've, you've, you've moved away from, from the one that called you. you. You've fallen from grace. You've fallen away from the place God works. That's what Paul told the Galatians in chapter 5. In, in chapter 1, he, he tells the Galatians, you, I marvel that you so soon have removed yourself from him who has called you. Listen, our faith remains in Calvary. And I know there are many people who were in the same sinking boat of law and works and just religion and voodoo and witchcraft that I found myself in upon hearing the message of the cross, which was the knock on my door and the declaration, who's on the Lord's side? And there had to be a time of repentance 
and relearning the Word of God in its proper righteous context. All the words of my mouth, God says, are in righteousness. And righteousness only flows through my faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. Romans 3, 26 and 27 says that's where God declared His righteousness from. That's the only place He imparts it from to our hearts, not just to be born again when we believed with the heart under righteousness, but we're called to walk by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but it's got to be in its righteous context for it to bring the faith in me to be found doing the will of God because that's by grace through faith. Are you getting this? The church is so far off track and, and so much deception today, so much deception. And the saddest part of all is when most Christians hear the truth, they look at us as troublemakers. They look at us as like, why are you doing this? You're, you're causing trouble. You're bringing division. But the division is there through the heresy. Through the false doctrine comes the division. Not those who bring the truth of Calvary. We need to remember that. We need to remember that. Jesus, though He was the Son of God, He learned obedience by the things He suffered. Means, it means He experienced obedience by the things He suffered. And let me share with you a scripture that the last few days the Lord's really been stirring in my heart. If you heard the message yesterday, you heard me quote it. It's John 8 and 29. And I've already said something about it, but let me repeat it. Jesus said, I please the Father at all times. I always please the Father. There was never a moment that Jesus was not pleasing to the Father. That means because God cannot be pleased without faith. It's impossible for Him to be pleased without faith. And Jesus says He always pleased the Father. That means Jesus was without sin at all times. He did not become a sinner on the cross is the, the false word of faith. And, and if you've never heard of it, that's Jesus died spiritually satanic doctrine. You can look at it. Go look at it online. Ken Copeland and a horde of other false prophets. I don't care what they say that's right. I don't care what they say that's right. If you get the wrong Jesus, it, none, of, none, of, none of the other things they're saying that's right matters. If you get Jesus wrong, you've got it all wrong. And it's not just that they're just a little off track, my friend, but when you teach that Jesus became a sinner, Jesus took on the sin nature of Satan, Jesus became a sinner, that, that Jesus went to hell and suffered for your sin, things that cannot be found in the complete, get this, in the complete Word of God. God's Word is complete concerning His redemption plan for us. He did not leave anything out. And when we believe He did, we, we step into that same sinking boat of deception that Eve fell into. When our minds begin to be corrupt, the Apostle Paul said, from believing anything outside the simplicity of Christ, God's Word in the simplicity of Christ... Oh, God's Word in the simplicity of Christ. God's Word is simply about Jesus Christ. He's the living Word. and God, He's the living Word of God. And Jesus said, every word I've ever spoken is in righteousness. 
And righteousness is only revealed in the truth, which is the gospel. Write those things down. Proverbs 12 and 17 and Romans 1, 16 and 17. Look at those scriptures side by side and allow the Holy Spirit to show you that God's righteousness initially or daily as fruit is not an experience, does not happen without faith in the cross of Christ. 20 years after you've been born again, if your faith moves to a program into something you're doing, the Bible says that makes us weak in the faith. Romans 14. We're told to receive those who are weak in the faith, but because we receive them and we uh, we don't just bash them, we don't come to doubtful disputations with them, that doesn't mean they're not weak in the faith. And the description given there in Romans 14 is a guy only eating herbs because he thinks that's spiritually growing him, spiritually uh, sanctifying him, doing something for him spiritually. And Paul says, no, he's weak in the faith. He doesn't understand yet what he needs to understand. Hopefully he's growing. But the dangers of being weak in the faith, Paul would tell uh, the church that, there are many because they're not discerning the Lord's body. They are weak, sickly, and dying prematurely. That's what Paul said. So if we find ourselves weak, if we find mixture, we have got to deny ourselves of whatever that is we've been mixing our faith with the cross. We say we believe in the cross, but yet we, we're, we're doing these three things the preacher told us to do for deliverance. We're doing these three things. You know, on social media, if you post this, if you share this tomorrow at this time, God's going to do this and God's going to do that. That's all law. That's all based on you doing instead of your faith in what Jesus did. It's the silliness and foolishness of the flesh. And weak in the, fle- in the faith is a dangerous place to be. We need to be growing. We need to be moving on from being weak in the faith and begin to be stronger in the faith. And as I'm teaching on Friday mornings, it's not a matter of who's got more faith and less faith. It's, it's where you are in the faith. It's where you are in the faith. And when we mix, and we do, we do. When we mix objects of faith, then we become weak. And it's not a weakness that God's grace can be found becoming... It's not, it's, not, it's not a weakness where God's grace, His strength, can be found being made perfect in our weakness. That's a weakness in unbelief. That's a weakness in mixture. mixture. Weakness is when, when we're attempting... To, to, and we have to go through things and, and we're weak to the world just as Christ appeared and was. He was crucified through weakness, the Bible says. But yet he lives by the power of God. You know, you know, we're, when we're weak in the faith because we're mixing objects and it's not just the cross that we're trusting in alone, that's a dangerous place to be, my friend. But Jesus learned obedience, experienced obedience to become who He is now to us, the the obedient, even unto death, obedient Lamb of God. He suffered many things, and in His suffering many things, He was learning, He was experiencing obedience, faithfulness to His heavenly Father. We need to remember that. Jesus was never disobedient 
It doesn't mean here that he was learning to be obedient because he at one time was disobedient. Get that out of your minds because Jesus declared, you got to go with what Jesus said, amen. I always please the Father. He grew in wisdom as a boy, but even as a boy, he never committed a sin. I don't care what the liars say today. Jesus was, he, Jesus was not conceived in iniquity because a man was not involved in his birth. The Holy Spirit was responsible for the virgin birth of Mary bringing forth the seed of the woman. We need to remember that. We need to remember that Jesus was born without a sin nature. Jesus did not have sin in him. He never committed an act of sin. Never. Not even as a child. And a lot of, a lot of preachers out there saying, well, there came a point when Jesus uh, learned, he had to start learning to be obedient. He was born obedient. It, because his being born of Mary, get this, was symbolic of our being born again. He was born of the virgin without the works of men's hands. A man was not involved in reproducing after his own kind. Get that. And we were born again, not by men, not by anything but the incorruptible Word of God. The Word of God. We heard the gospel and we were born again as we believed it. We need to remember that. And, and, and when we were born again, we were in Christ. We were without the guilt and the shame and the fear that comes from sin. We are now, as we become born again in Christ, believers in Christ, the Bible says in the book of Colossians, we're complete in Him. How precious is that? So you have to tie verse 9 in with verse 8 if you're going to have a greater understanding. And that is what we're after, isn't it, saints? A greater understanding. Isn't that what we're crying out for? Not just a, a greater understanding of why the world's in the mess it's in. We already know that. We already know where the world's headed. We, we already know God's going to fold it up like a scroll and throw it away and it's going to melt with the fire he throws it into. Come on. What we need is to understand what God's trying to do in our lives and what he's saying to us and have clarity about it so that faith can come. And when faith comes, we're found overcoming. We're found moving into the will of God. That's what we're hungering and thirsting for. Not just to know what's going on in the world. I see Christians all the time bound up in the political, bound up, all entangled in, in all sorts of worldly things. It's coming to an end and they're not even involved in or focused on or, or, or reaching for those things that are eternal. They're just all wrapped up in everything around them with the excuse that I have to do my part. I have to find my place. Your place, child of God, is in Christ. Hallelujah. In Christ. Glory to God. We, we have duties as people on this planet, but our greatest duty on this planet is to let our light shine, to carry the, the knowledge of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. Not our opinions on our politics. and I mean, everybody has that, but that's not our focus. That's not our mission. That's not the ministry God has committed unto us. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 8 again. Though he, Jesus, were a son... Yet learned he obedience by the, th by the things which he suffered. 
He suffered many things. Even he suffered unto death through obedience. He was going through, he was experiencing obedience even when he died. We need to remember that. Verse 9, and along with this, and being made perfect, not that he was not already perfectly. These scriptures, if you don't understand the perfection of Christ, the Christ that we trust in that was without sin, the one who always pleased the Father. If you don't understand that, you, you're going to not understand this. But when the Bible here says, and being made perfect, that means he was made perfect for the mission he was given. That because he was obedient through every act and word of his life, carrying out every jot and tittle of the law, being a part of every ceremony and rite and ritual and all the things, the feasts of Israel, all his life participating according to the law, born of a woman under law, fulfilling all the law without any sin in him. We need to understand that. Without any sin in him. He told his disciples before we left, here comes the, that prince of this world, the devil, and he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. Hallelujah, that's good news. Aren't you glad the devil has nothing in Christ and that's where we're found safe, hidden, and secure. Glory to God. But Jesus, he was made perfect for his mission, and that's what he describes here, look, in being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. And that means all them that believe upon him. To, to, to believe with the heart unto righteousness, which is the work he did at Calvary and then to be found walking in those footsteps day after day. Faith in the death, the cross of Christ, and we remain planted, Romans chapter 6, in that death so that the resurrection life can be manifest in and through us, which is the fruits of righteousness, the fruit of our salvation, the fruit of who He is in us the fruit of what he did at Calvary. Not the fruit of my local church and, and, and not the fruit of my pastor, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit who can only bring forth the fruit through our lives if it's the truth that we're being taught. And, and because when we, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verses 17 and 18, it, when we obeyed that form of doctrine, we were free from sin. Hearing the message of the cross, which is the gospel, which is the truth of God's word, which is the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary, when we believed it from the heart, God says he took that belief, he took that heart, that believing heart, and he declared an obedient heart. You're obedient. Not when you finally obeyed and, and learned you need to be in church. Not when you learned you need to be a giver. Not when you learned you need to be a student. And praise God, we go on in the light of God's words of righteousness. But we became obedient the moment our heart believed unto the righteous and obedient work of our Savior at the cross. Hallelujah. And so Jesus, though we, he were a son, yet he 
all his life learned, experienced obedience by the things he suffered. Suffering uh, gives us an opportunity to lay our lives down and trust Christ. And many times you and I, when suffering comes, we run and we become disobedient in our functions, in our activities. We, in our justified position, we're obedient in Christ at the right hand of the Father. But God's looking for the fruit of that obedience so that He can see His Son in us, His Son through us, carrying out the will of God by His Spirit. Hallelujah. It's been a great broadcast today. Of course, we're out of time. We're always out of time, but there's coming a day when time won't play a part in our lives. And I praise God as I look forward for that day to get here. And maybe, just maybe, it's going to be today. Hopefully our Jesus is coming for His bride on this day. I'm surely looking for Him. And if He doesn't come today, that just means He's coming tomorrow. Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for joining us. Let's reach the world. Let's reach the world. Let's share these teachings. Let's, let's reach for the world that's lost. Let's reach for the church that's wandering and have become vagabonds and, and weak and, and trusting in all sorts of things other than simply Christ and Him crucified. Help us share the truth of God's Word. Would you do that? Hit the share button. Sow into good ground. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to 903-231-5950. Allow the Lord to conform your heart and your will into being after His heart and his will for your life. Let's reach the world. God bless you. We do love you. And we'll see you Thursday morning when we continue our Hebrews Bible study. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.